Bokshi. Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 133 is recorded live October 11th, 2012. Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson. And uh, I think this week we're going to do it a little bit different. Max on his way or already down there in South Carolina visiting some family. He didn't, I think he's just going because he was jealous that we went last week without him to do a Cooper River dive. Uh, Jim Schultz is AOL. So what we're going to do is we're going to get started. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who came out last week to listen to the podcast. We, had, we were trying to do it from the road. We we're going to do a road trip podcast. We had the computer working, we had uh, the internet connection going, but it just wasn't quite up to par. So what I'm thinking I might do is I'll add that to the end of the podcast. You can listen to what we recorded last week uh, with all the warts and all. So what I think I'm going to do is probably, let me see, do we even want to cover the news? Uh, we had some some of the news repeat from last week. Oh, goodness. Um no, no, I think I'm just going to go ahead and skip the news. Probably going to make this one sh- short. Uh, amazingly, my voice is holding together, but I think all the traveling's done me in. I had 3,000 miles of driving in, in about seven days uh, between a trip uh, to the Midwest and a trip out east. So we're probably going to cut this one a little short. And uh, maybe we'll just go ahead and talk about the diving. Um, if you haven't listened to rich's podcast diver sync you're going to need to do that i'm going to try not to repeat too much of what he had to say again thank everybody who's out in the chat room this week uh we had a it was a it was a nice uh trip uh what we did is um let's see i left thursday i took thursday and friday off and this is our cooper river trip we did this same trip last october and i wasn't going to i wasn't sure if i was going to do it again this year uh but you know once once you get the the bug and you like digging for those fossils, uh, it just seemed to be a good time to go. So I uh, went with Rich of Diver Sink. We had uh, Dave Tonneman, who's in the chat room. We had Bill. Uh, let's see. We had Eric. We had uh, Jeff. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Rich. I'm going to repeat somebody twice. But um, So what we did is, we, is I took my minivan. Now this uh, minivan, it's a Chevy Venture. Uh, it's one of those with a little bit longer frame than normal. And, you know, my, my wife, the week before we had gone to Kalamazoo and she said, uh, you know, she's been trying to talk me out of taking the van. I think she's afraid that I'm going to wear it out or something. Uh, but the, the nice thing about the van is I got a, a Ford Explorer, which for haul and dive gear isn't too bad, but it really doesn't have as much space as the minivan. So the minivan will fit seven uh, I was hoping we didn't have seven. We only had four, so I was able to take the back two seats out, and we were able to load it up. So that, that previous week, I had taken it to Kalamazoo, and she was wondering if I wanted to have uh, work done on a suspension. And it was a it was a little spongy, but I was just concerned that you, know, you take something like that in to the shop a week before a vacation, and before you know it, that uh, you know they don't get to it on time, and then you, you're out of vehicle. So I didn't really want to risk it. I thought, ah, it will be fine. And as everybody who can attest who rode that weekend, uh, it's almost like one of those old shock construct commercials. 
where you hit a bump and it bounces for the next uh, half a mile. So uh, it started off a little rough, and then I think we completely finished that suspension on the way down. Now from Berrien County, Michigan, all the way to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, via Ann Arbor and uh, Ohio, that's about a 16-hour drive. Uh, the nice thing about this is that we had with uh, four drivers in the van, we could rotate off. Last time I, I did the heroics and did a full 16 hours there and 16 hours back on my own. Uh, this time I was more than happy to share the driving responsibility with my fellow divers. And we got down there and we, we made some excellent time. I did get a chance to see Rich's uh, dive shop. It was the first time I'd been in, to, uh, been in to see it. So if you're on the east side of Michigan, you need to get in there and uh, visit Rich's shop. Uh, it's, it's one of the nicer dive shops I've been in. Very well stocked. Uh, it looked busy. You know, I'm sure he'd always love a little bit more business, but uh, you know, as far as dive shop goes, I thought it was an excellent dive shop. Uh, so we got down the, the Cooper River on, let's see, we left Thursday. I left Thursday from Michigan about 2 p.m. Uh, we picked up Dave in Ohio probably about 1 a.m. Was it 1 a.m. or midnight? Let's see, Dave's, yeah, Dave's in the chat room. Yeah, the, he says the, the, the dive van rocked, a little spongy. Uh, and then I think we got... Uh, it was about 8 a.m. we made it into uh, South Carolina. It was nice having that day uh, to do some decompression. We went and visited one of the forts there in South Carolina, uh, drooled over the waterfront, saw, saw some dolphins playing around. Um, now, it was a little unusual. Last year, we went in the water about 5 a.m., rolled off the boat. Uh, this, this year, it was going to be noon, so I can tell when I called home to my wife and she said, when you're going to dive, and then I had still another full day, day yet before diving. I think she was wondering what the heck we were doing. In fact, when I got back, she accused me of visiting some rather seedy places while we were down there, which, you know, I did have seedy friends with me, but, you know, we didn't go anything too torrid. Uh, so we, we were going to get in the, the water about noon. We we go down to do the Cooper River trip with uh, Captain Tom, and you're just going to have to look up some of the old episodes to hear Rich do an imitation of uh, Captain Tom and what he does. But a uh, very nice boat. Uh, it was The weather was you know, partly cloudy, uh, a light breeze wasn't wasn't as bad as the the weather report was making it out to be. Water was warm. Now I've got a my ventilated wetsuit with a a gash on the side. It's about time to replace. Uh, and you can't even tell in that water. It was so nice. Um, so to let's see, the first dive we did the barges, which is a spot where underneath these barges there's a big bed of gravel. And uh, what he does, he drops you on this gravel and you move around and and cover as much uh, area as possible. Uh, the current, I don't think this year was as strong on really any of the dives. So we did that first one on the barge. Let's see, where was that second dive? Um, was that 109? One of the markers. Um, you know, visibility on both of them was what you go to expect. It's dark. Once when you when you're falling down the water column, when you get to about 10 to 15 feet, it is getting pretty black. And then it's black all the way down. If you turn off your light, it, it what I'd imagine being in a cave. Uh, in fact, there's many times I could hear somebody's regulator breathing. You're convinced that you're right next to somebody. So I would I would stick my light down in the bottom uh, and just listen to see if anybody was around. But uh, never never did see anybody's light. Now, this year I was diving a little bit different equipment. It was my first time using a backplate. I had uh, Bob from the dive club had let me use his backplate. He's, he's hoping that I buy it off him. Uh, he's also let me use his wing, but he's already told me he won't sell me his wing. So I had a backplate and wing. When I was at dive sh uh, Rich's dive shop, I picked up some webbing. Now, Rich 
knows exactly how much webbing you need to guarantee that you're going to have enough webbing. And I spent uh, that morning rigging up the uh, the backplate, making sure it was all fine. But like anything, I didn't want to cut too much webbing off. So actually, I didn't cut any. So I had a little extra. It kind of looked like uh, Hugh Hefner's bathrobe, I imagine. I had a little sh- uh, extra material left on. Uh, when when Captain Tom told everybody to go roll out in the water, I was still fighting with all the, the extra webbing. But overall, I, I had a good time with the backplate and wing. Uh, definitely something I'm going to be adding to my repertoire. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, dive light. Uh, this time, instead of di- diving with my regular canister or uh, I don't know what you call that light, just a just a traditional uh, dive light, I had, had gone uh, with a uh, three LED canister light. And uh, that that worked out really well. I, I that's another one I'm going to have to pick up. I was borrowing one from Mac. It lent me one before. And then my river tool this year was a little different. In previous years, I'd had a river tool that I'd used for a long time. It was a repurposed garden trowel. Uh, and what's nice about that, especially when you have a loose bottom, is that you can slide it in and get a good hold. Uh, I've got a I had a little lanyard on it that I'd wrap around my wrist so you could actually let go of it when you had a good anchor and do some other things. But my very last dive last year at Cooper River, I had lost it. So I had to replace it. I'd been looking, I'd been scrounging through uh, old Lowe's and Walmart's clearance bins looking for something. I hadn't really found something that I liked. So this year, uh, just going through some of my basement supplies, I found, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It looks almost like a mining pick, uh, probably for, uh, like uh, cutting stone or something. You know, I've, I've got a bunch of tools, and it looked wicked enough. So that's the one I, I used, and that that worked rather well. And I'll throw a, a photo of it in the show notes. Let's see what the chat room got going. Um, they're talking about it. It looks like there's uh, some trips going on. Somebody's going to Gilboa this weekend. So, uh, But the nice thing about that that tool I used, uh, you know, Bill had his, his, his typical spike of death, and I think even Dave's, looked more dangerous than Bill's. What I didn't like about Dave's is that you know, it's it's like uh, if you ever use one of those double-headed axes, even though you know you're not supposed to hit yourself in the head with it, it always seems like you could pull back and then smack yourself. So, but that uh, that pick or that axe that I had worked really well. I could I could get it into even the toughest morrow uh, with just a, a flick of the wrist. So that's definitely going to be a keeper that I'll use again next year. Uh, I, I like the wooden handles. For some reason, and then I had uh, borrowed a lanyard from one of my other dive lights and used that, and it worked rather well. Um, catch bag, I used the same old chewed up catch bag I had last year. I had a jug that I had attached to my my hip, and this is a uh, some people use uh, like a bleach jug or a vinegar jug or a, a windshield washer detergent jug, and and this one was actually laundry detergent. But uh, it was the, the one I had last year, which I had always thought I was going to change out, and I ended up not. And you, you cut a little cross or an X into the plastic. And what that allows you to do is push stuff in, and then it won't necessarily come out real easy. Uh, and that includes your finger. If you jam your finger in it, that sometimes doesn't come out as, as well. Uh, but with it being a detergent, I, I didn't have the cap anymore, and I went downstairs, and I couldn't find a bottle. I, cause I like them to be either transparent or translucent, and everything else now is uh, orange. Oh, th- it's a brick hammer is what Dave said, so thanks. So it's technical term is not a thingy. Um, so, but I had a lid on that jug, and as soon as I jumped in the water, that lid just went flying. So it wasn't quite the same threading. 
So I ended up not using that. I just used the one catch bag, which is more than plenty. Uh, there was a couple times I came across teeth that were that I was afraid were too small for that. So I would just, you know, stuff those in my wetsuit. Oh, let's see what else. Uh, so first, two, the first two, we did two dives on Saturday. Uh, then we did two dives on Sunday. And um, I have to say that last dive on Sunday had some amazing visibility. We had a little bit, I, I like it with a little bit of current. It cleans up the the sediment that's down there as you're stirring stuff up. Uh, you know, and that's a real river dive. If, if, if you're not having to fight the current a little bit, to, to me, that's not a, a river dive. Uh, but we had visibility. Gosh, it was, it was the first time I've actually been able to, with a dive light, I could, you, you'd shine it off to the right and see five or six feet and shine it to the left, and you were able to cover twice as much ground uh, without even moving. Now, uh, I still tended to go over and, and find it. Now, in this last dive, we had come off the boat, and it was about four feet deep uh, when you rolled in the water. But then as you went down, we were right on the edge of a ledge, and we ended up being down at about 40 feet. And it was, it, you, you'd go down 10 feet, and then there'd be a little plateau. Then you go down another 10 feet, and there's a plateau. And it's this clay. So what's happening is this bank is eroding, and then the fossils are falling out. And then the, the edge of, between the bottom, which is like marrow, and this clay bank, gravel builds up and washes. And that's where you're going to find all the teeth. And um, I think Rich found an amazingly large tooth there. He found a couple of them. Uh, pretty much everybody had a good time. Uh, I'll, I don't know if I'll make it in the show notes. I still have to do the cleanup. They're still sitting in my, my bag. But I didn't quite have the haul I did last year. But overall, it went pretty well. Now, getting out, you know, it always seems like I have to sacrifice something to the Cooper River every year. And uh, this year when we came up on that last dive, the visibility was so good down below. When I got up, I couldn't see anything. The fog had, had rolled in and you could maybe see 20 feet and I couldn't see the dive boat. And one thing, you know, normally with a, with the vest BC, that kind of holds you up, but with that back plate and wing, that back, back plate and wing, it wants to tilt your forward a little bit. So, and, and that can be a little bit of a challenge when you've got a 20 or 30 pound bag of uh, stone and fossils. So I'm, I'm bobbing in this water. Um, you know, there's really no waves. And I I can't even hear the boat, so I'm thinking, you know, and this is the spot last year, if you remember, where we had the current that was so wicked that we had people spread all up and down the river. So all I can think of is that, and I was heading up upstream on this this one for half the dive, so I'm thinking that everybody else must have gone down and Captain Tom's going after him. So I looked to the bank and I decided, you know what, I'm I'm going to head over to the bank. Uh, I get over to the bank and then. I can see uh, Captain Tom down a little bit farther. And this is one dive where we got short, sh- a short dive on, on Saturday where the uh, they had a barge coming through. So we got recalled. I know I'm jumping around the story a little bit, but we got a recall. And uh, I could hear Captain Tom's boat running up and up and down the river. And, and we're kind of used to that when we do river diving here in the off of Lake Michigan. Uh, you're always listening for something to be concerned about. And when I heard Captain Tom going up and down, I was thinking that people either were having bad spots and they need to get lifted or or uh, something was up. And then I heard some banging. And at first it sounded like somebody just kind of cleaning out, uh, you know, something that got dirty, you know, like they dropped something in the mud and they were just cleaning it out on the side of the boat. So the first time he ignored it and then maybe about 10, 15 seconds and he banged again and then, uh, you know, realized there's something going on. And the first thing in my mind is that somebody's hurt. Uh, and luckily we got up and there was, nobody was hurt. They just had the barge 
coming down. Uh, I, I think we'd have probably been fine. Uh, you know, it was 40 feet, but, you know, the, the barge driver really wasn't too excited about running over divers, I'm sure. So Captain Tom to say that we couldn't get back in the water after the barge went by. The the current had changed enough or it wouldn't have been good diving. So he said that he was going to let us burn up whatever air we had left. Now, I, I had an 80 and a 100, and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to use up that 100 on that second dive. So uh, when I came up the second day after that dive, I still had plenty of air. Uh, I I went, normally it's about an hour and you pop up. I I had gotten maybe about an hour and 10 minutes, and I'm trying to remember my back of my mind. Did he really say we'd go as long as we want? So I wanted to do is pop up and see if um, that was going to be okay. And then when I couldn't see the boat, I'm thinking, oh, well. Um, so what I ended up doing was uh, moving towards the the bank because uh, the last thing I wanted to do is be floating and bobbing around uh, in the middle of the river. So as I um, got in the bank and Captain Tom pulled over, my fins got stuck in the mud. And I pulled one off and handed it up, and that one was the one I thought was going to come off my foot. And then the other one actually did, ended up dropping, and I thought I was going to go down after it. And after about 20 feet down, I decided there's no way I want to, without any fins on, sit there and wrestle along the bottom. So uh, my next gear purchase will be replacement fins. So last year was a river tool. This year I, I sacrificed fins. Hopefully next year I don't have anything else to sacrifice. Uh, but we had some great diving. Uh, you know, fossils, I, I, I found a few. Uh, you know, the shark's teeth, uh, not sharks, yeah, shark's teeth, megalodon, uh, some shark vertebrae, and then also, you know, our traditional ribs and uh, nondescript bones. Nothing big. You know, Bill had earlier in the year found a mastodon piece, and we didn't really add much to that. So, so overall, you know, if you haven't had a chance to do a river dive, I certainly recommend it. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it again next year or not. There's There's so many other dives that I want to do. So I think I'm going to close this one off a little short. Anybody in the chat room have anything that they they wanted to bring up or talk about? Okay, Dave said that Bill pulled up a mastodon vertebrae. Yeah, and that was a big piece. That's a rock that if you're down there and you didn't realize what it was, you'd have probably just left. It was, it was, it was actually pretty large. So following the rule that Richard told us last year is if it, if it doesn't look natural, which, I mean, these are all natural parts, but if it doesn't look like gravel, then you bring it up. Yeah, and, and about half of what I bring up, I pitch over the side of the boat when I realize it's nothing. But you, you do get some some good pieces out of it. Let's see. Yeah, some of the stuff that I didn't cover tonight, uh, we'll probably throw in. Uh, Dima has uh, they got the trade show coming up, and it looks like they're they're trying to do a little bit to justify. I, I guess they're taking a little bit of heat. Uh, some people criticizing that they may not be doing enough. So their so their last press release that we received last week was them talking about all the things that they had done and supported for the dive industry. So we'll go ahead and throw that press release in the show notes. Uh, make sure you head over to the uh, video site. I've got a whole mess load of videos. A mess load is a technical term. A whole mess load of videos to post up there. Uh, the ones that we had before was there's, if you like sharks, we had a nice shark video. Also the new James Bond movies coming out, uh, Skyfall. Uh, one that I want to see. We haven't had a good James Bond movie since Thunderball as far as scuba diving. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. We had some, uh, the show notes will have uh, potential cool scuba gear, the uh, tuna fish robot. I know Mac was upset. We didn't get a chance to talk about that when the, uh, the show went south. And then we also have a nice uh, underwater photo uh, down from Australia, uh, a scuba diver won, uh, won a photography competition. The dive for beer. You're going to have to help me out, Dave. I have no idea 
what the die for beer is. Die for beer. Now he's talking about the Indian love stones, which you've heard that story before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, I just, right before the show, I chatted with Tara. Tara picked up one of those new Shearwater computers and, you know, Tara, the dive mistress from New Zealand, uh, she picked up one of the new Shearwater dive computers and she hasn't had a chance to try it out yet. Uh, she had an open water dive uh, she's doing today. She was taking a little hooky. It's, it's Friday morning down there in New Zealand right now. Dive for beer. I'm going to have to go through my show notes. There's got to be something. Oh, snorkel and scuba dive for three, cl- three and a half kilometers for beer. Okay. So I said I wasn't going to cover the news, but here we go. As soon as I get this to load up. Dave's trying to remind me that the, the dive computer's name is the Petrol, which I think is a stupid name. I love the Surewater computer, but the Petrol is just plain dorky. You know, now watch it be you know some long-lost dead relative or something. I've just insulted him, but I not what I would consider one of the best product names in the world. The snorkel and scuba diving, three and a half kilometers for beer, an underwater club from OPA just won one of uh, Northland's most particular and longest-running races for the seventh year in a row. Uh, it is the Russell Piara Snorkel Scuba Race has become something of an institution since it was founded. It attracts teams from as far away as Auckland. It's basically a relay race in which competitors snorkel. In the case of the final team member, scuba dive across three and a half kilometer Veronica Channel using a duck decoy as a baton. The diver then sheds his or her tank and flippers, which we know as fins, sprint at the beach and down a beer. Uh, it happened uh, Saturday, a little over a week ago, in 39 minutes, a minute shy of last year's record, but still comfortably ahead of second place uh, Young Guns from Auckland. It was the seventh win in a row for the OPA Club. Even with, cl- uh, even with clocking up its 30th anniversary, Bay of Islands Underwater Club Secretary Dave Wadsworth said the real effort was made to promote the race and boost the number of teams entering. 13 took part this year, well up from last year's six. We're stoked that we got a lot more teams than normal. We picked up the baton with publicity this year. The secret for the winning team's success, they started practicing six months ago. Other events, including a child's icebreaker swim, a spearfishing tournament, a fish auction, which raised $800. Another auction on Saturday night raised 1300 So I'm guessing that's in, uh, let's see, where is this? This is New Zealand, down in Tara's neck of the woods. So that's probably got to be in their local currency. Uh, the proceeds are split among the uh, Russell Radio, Coast Guard Bay of Islands, and the Piara Fire Brigade, which hosted 130 competitors for dining and prize giving at the stations. And they have the results. So, yeah, any any race you do where you get to have a, a chug of beer at the end is a, a good race in my book. I think maybe Dave, maybe we need to do the same thing, but it needs to be captain or something. Uh, then some other things that we had in the news is we have a call for a bounty and a dead crown of thorn, uh, thorn starfish. Uh, there's an underwater gold rush. Uh, and also we have an article on why there's a helium shortage. Two beers. Yeah, I think two beers would do it. Okay. So I think we're going to call this one an early night. And then I'll, I'll throw in the news from last week, Dan. You can hear how much, how much fun we were having on that. Um, so I, th- I think we'll do two jokes just to kind of make up for the show being a little short. Uh, so we're getting into that time of the year where we have ice diving coming. So think of that for this first one. An ice diver was driving down a lonely country road one cold winter day when it began to sleet pretty heavily. Her windows were getting icy and her blade, her wiper blades were badly worn and quickly fell apart under the strain. Unable to dive, drive any farther because of the ice building up the front window, she suddenly had a great idea. 
She stopped and began to overturn large rocks until she located two very lethargic hibernating rattlesnakes. She grabbed them up, straightened them out flat, and installed them on her new blades. And they worked just fine. Nothing like a fresh pair of wind-chilled vipers. Wow, this is this is what it must be like when you tell a joke in, in the deep darkness of space. Nobody's there to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so here I have another one. Not any better, just a different one. So if I haven't scared you off yet. Bueller is traveling with his wife and mother-in-law in a far east country on a scuba dive trip. At a place of honor, his mother-in-law makes a careless remark, which the native people take as an insult to the royal family. Bueller is dragged off to the court with his wife and mother-in-law are sentenced to corporal punishment. Each of them are to receive 50 lashes in the rear end with a cane. But because the royal family doesn't want to appear hostile to foreigners, they grant the guest in their country a wish beforehand, as long as it's able to be fulfilled. Mrs. Bueller is first. What do you wish for yourself? I would like a pillow bound to my rear before the lashing. Okay, that shall be granted to you. Mrs. Bueller has a pillow bound to her rear and receives her punishment. But because the pillow is so small and the executioner also hits her back a couple of times, she does receive a few blows. Next is Bueller's mother-in-law's turn. What do you wish for yourself? I would like a pillow on my rear end and a pillow bound to my back for before the lashings. Okay, that shall be granted to you. The mother-in-law receives her 50 lashings but hardly feels any of the pain through the pillows. Then comes Bueller himself. What do you wish for yourself? I have two wishes. Do you want to fulfill them for me? Because you are a guest in our country, we will fulfill your wishes for you as long as they are reasonable. I would like 50 lashes. and I would like 100 lashes instead of 50. The executioner is surprised, but recovers right away and replies, Yes, that is a pious wish. It shall be granted to you. And what is your second wish? I would like to have my mother-in-law bound to my back. Um, guess I better go before the things turn really bad. Yeah, that's what I thought. So until next week, go out there and get wet and dive safe. Recording has been completed. <laughs> Thanks. Prepping for the veggies for tossing. Do a start. Okay. Recording. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Recorded live. That was the sickest intro I think I've ever heard. If you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, that's because you're either listening live or you picked up a pre-edit copy. That sounds very sick. <laughs> Can you hear me, Mac? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Probably got a little bit of delay, so here we go. If you can hear the sound of my voice right now, it's because you've either picked up a pre-edit copy of the Scuba Obsessed Netcast or you're listening live. Either way, come back in a few hours. We'll have an edited version already for you. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 133 is recorded live October 4th, 2012.
Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jills, and here's just a few of the articles we're going to have this week. We've got uh, Scuba Cops, Underwater Gold Rush, and Snorkeling for Beer. And uh, this week's topic, I think we're going to have DEMA. And uh, why it might sound a little bit different than normal is we're actually recording from the road. And when I say from the road, I mean we're actually driving down the road. We're on uh, US 23 doing 70 miles US 23 doing 68 miles an hour. And if you hear that voice in the side, that's Rich Sinewick from uh, Divers Incorporated, who we shanghaied into chauffeuring us for this section of the tour. We're on our way to pick up Dave, who's actually right now in the chat room. Yeah, uh, Scuba Dill, we are absolutely pumped. This is a blast. I can't wait to get down there and find some fossils. Uh, Matt, can you still hear me okay? Yeah, you're fine. Come in five by five. Excellent. So I think what we probably need to do, because who knows when this crashes, what we'll do is we'll do uh, three strikes and we're out. So if we lose it three times, then we'll just end the podcast wherever we're at and we'll pick it up. Maybe we'll do a special recording this weekend. So maybe we have a bonus episode or just add it on the next one. But uh, we'll jump on into the news. I'm not going to dare pull up the articles, Max. So I'm going to go from memory and then whatever you find. And the first one on the list is we have a follow-up from the Diver Survives 40 Minutes in the North Sea from uh, last week. And that, that provided a little I bit... I put that in the chat room there at the bottom for them. Okay, excellent. And that had a little bit more information than what we had before, didn't it? Well, the nicest part I liked is it had a picture of the guy, so I can actually see what he's wearing. And it appears to be a Kirby Morgan band mask. It's called a KMB. Uh-huh. And that's a typical item you'd have off that you'd be running if you're running off of a... Uh, another platform or another little bell. So that made me give a better idea of what he had. So uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with that, but a, a Kirby band mask, is that something that's, is that a typical type of outfit for commercial divers? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a Heliox 18, I can't tell from the manifold, uh, but he's got the normal suit on, hot water suit. He's got his harness, uh, the band mask, so it's got uh, supplied air. It's got communications. So that's what I was curious what he was wearing, what kind of hat he was wearing. Yeah, now it also looked like that that was a pretty decent boat that they had that they were using as a tender. Yeah, the boat part I didn't see. I was just looking at the initial picture. Yeah, well, if you click on that picture, it, there was two photos. One was of him, and then it goes to the next one, which was the, the surface vessel, which is, I'm going to say oh, that. Oh, hell yes. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that boat anytime. Yeah, you imagine what we could do on top of your wreck with that boat. Yeah, that crane in the back, instead of with the umbilical, we could just tie onto it and bring it up. Uh-huh. Oh, that'd be sweet. That's a big boat. So I just tried to bring Jim in. I see, that he, to get. see that he's online. Yep, I just saw him. Yep. And then also they said something about that uh, the mixture of gas he was breathing may have contributed to him having longer survivable bottom time. Are you able to pick I'm that? I'm not sure I saw that. No, I didn't see that part. Yeah, it seemed like somebody said that because of the mix that it caused him to go unconscious sooner, which I thought would have made him able to survive longer. So I can't remember wow. if it was that article or another one. It had to be a different one because I'm looking at all the material here and it doesn't give the, uh, the gas. But lucky guy. And good. they all got accolades for the recovery effort. So they said after two breaths, they got him breathing again, and he was actually helping secure the bottom of the bell when they were bringing him up for deco. Wow, excellent. And lucky. Yeah, very lucky. So next yep. up we have after that is we have a, a recall on the uh, Atomic Aquatics is, uh, has a recall on their Cobalt Dive computer. And I just put that link in there for them. Now, Mac, which models uh, did they have listed there? 
Okay, uh, let's see here. Cobalt computers with serial numbers that start with any of the following numbers, and there's a ton of them. It's a uh, 10, 11, and 12 series. So the best bet is going to be go to the link I just posted and take a look. Because, I mean, I can mention all the numbers, but by the time I finish, it's like an alphabet. Yeah, so it, it was just uh, <laughs> it was one model, but uh, they had different uh, serial number series that they were uh, that were included in the recall. And, uh, and I think it was manufacturer dates between which range? Uh, November 2010 and July 2012. That's what it appears to say. That's a big period of time there. Yeah, so it had been going on for a few years. How many of the computers did they say failed? Uh, well, I'll say the computers sell for about 1200 bucks, and say the firm has received 23 reports of leaks caused by the lenses being forcibly expelled from the computer due to excess air. Uh, about 4,000 in the United States and 200 in Canada are affected. That's a, that's a heck of a lot. Yeah, so it's a, a sizable number. So if you have one of those you want to get with your local dive shop and bring it in. Rich, Rich, who's right here next to me, says it takes 10 minutes. I've done two of them today. He said today he did two of them. Uh, and if, 10 minutes, it's not real bad. They can and if you go to the web... It's a problem. It's a problem. It's going to take a whole lot longer, but we haven't found one yet. Did you hear that? It was very, very low volume when you, talk, when you hear him. Okay. Again, I was just telling go to the website here. I can find it. Okay. Excellent. Uh, following article we have is Female Diver Decries Man of the Sea Monument. And uh, this was uh, a posting by the first, I think she was the first female diver for the Navy. That is correct. Right now she's a retired commander, and uh, she was the first. I believe it's Darlene Iska, one of the first female divers to graduate from the Naval School of Diving and Salvage. Doesn't say how long she was actually a diver per se. Uh, she just took exception to the to the term man. Yeah. And uh, in her her review, though, she said the uh, her opinion is her own, not the opinion of all female divers. Yeah. Well, and, the uh, she was the first woman to get a commissioned naval vessel, which was a uh, bolster class rescue and salvage ship, which would be smart because that's where the divers are at. Yeah. Now, my question would be: Is the term "man of the sea"? Is that reflective of a program that they're trying to honor, or are they literally talking male divers? They were collectively all the divers, not just because they're male. Yeah. Um, they don't really reference how many divers. There are seven female active duty divers out of 1,270 in the Navy, and that's U.S. Navy. Yeah. And she always says, as most of those women will say, is they have to be twice as good as a man to be able to be considered equal to one. Yeah, and, and I believe that. Anytime you're you're trying to change something like that, you kind of have to go above and beyond to prove. Well, you would think so. Well, I mean, you could you imagine all the different conversations that could be had on strength and endurance and and that sort of thing. So, uh, my feeling is, is you you set criteria, and if people meet the criteria, then they're able to do it. Right. Well, one of the guys was saying, hey, it's an 11-foot bronze statue of a diver wearing traditional dive gear, meaning the old Mark V gear. could be black, white, man or woman, you can't tell. It's diver, you know. Said the project's expected to cost $10 million. $10 million. What, for, for, and, that's, and no public funds for that, no public money. That's all going to be organized and, and donations. Wow. So they're they're spending that much money, and it's all uh, public donations. Yep. Okay. Then the next article is a project that will. Like I said, the. Go ahead. 
Okay. Yeah, the, the the next article up is a project will promote underwater sites statewide. Oh. And I can't even remember what this uh, one is about. Uh, what that? I think we just lost Schultz. I don't know why we had a blank there for me. Uh, can you hear me again? Strike man? one. <laughs> yeah, strike one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can hear you pretty good. Yeah, the chat room is is saying that the exactly. quality, quality is pretty bad. So you know we apologize that just as an experiment. But uh, what you'll want to do, and I don't know when I'll have this edited and posted up. You know, probably by tomorrow midday, sometime at the latest. It might not be the normal few hours. But the the audio on the recording will be much better than what you're probably getting through TalkShoe because it's pretty amazing that we're even able to talk. You've got Max at home on a wired line. I'm in a car. I'm connecting to a hot spot, and then we're feeding that all back through Skype through talk shoes so uh you know and this technology is only going to get better um so the next article up is we have uh project promotes underwater sites statewide and i can't even remember what that one was about well it says lake george and they were talking about tourist and uh, they go to lake george where they stay in hotels blah 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 and let me get back down here to the little meat of the problem or the issue well, I'm not sure why it's a statewide. I'm just doing a quick glander. Right now, most of the verbiage is about Lake George and the history of the French and Indian War. So why are they doing the other part? I haven't got that far down yet. Yeah, yeah we can skip it. Uh, next. Well, I think it's interesting because they say Lake George only gets 300 recreational divers annually, and they want to make the public aware that there are underwater treasures out there to take a look at. And the interesting part is the village was named lead agency on the project four years ago. They got Environmental Protection Fund through the State Department of State for $450,000. Wow. So $450,000, you could give each person who visited like, $1,000 to dive there, and that would have increased tourism. Yeah, and you still have 420000 left. Yeah. Now, okay, I take that back. Three hundred. You still have 150000 left. Yeah. You could you could do it as a lottery. Everybody who comes and dives will get a ticket. I'm not sure where they're going with this. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, they're trying to do an underwater blue way trail, promote shipwrecks in the lake and historical sites and other bodies of water. And the thing they really were talking about though is Lake George. Yeah. Huh. Well, the next one we have, oh, can you still hear me in the chat room? Dave says Bill's on the road now. Bars has nothing to do with quality. Hello, talk shoe. Yeah, we yeah we're on this. We get back, we'll just do a quick wrap up, and that'll probably be it. Hello. Talk shoe, can you hear me in talk shoe? You there? Mac? Yep, I'm here. 
Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, hello. Hello, hello. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, talk, talk, show, uh, talk show ended the call. Yeah, and everybody pretty much just left. Well, you're on it, Dave's on it, I'm on it, and Paul Mall, but I think Paul's bailing out also now. Yeah, so let's see. What do we want to do? Well, you'll probably be, like you said, if you just get together and finalize something when you're down there again and do like you did last time, not maybe um, record that in the hotel like you did last time. Yeah. That worked out pretty good. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. So, uh, so what we'll do is we'll we'll end. We'll just skip through the news. Uh, maybe maybe uh, we'll schedule something, and if you're available, Mac, we'll let, we'll drop you a line. Maybe we'll get you connect in there. Maybe that'll be an option. We'll see. Because I think okay. that, that I think the helium uh, storage discussion could be interesting. The underwater gold rush, and then snorkeling <laughs> for beer. Yeah, it was. It was. It, we were we're just getting to the good stuff. So. What we're gonna do is yeah. we're gonna we'll, we'll go ahead and pause this. We'll connect and I'll edit something together later. So, okay. Well, I appreciate it, Mac. Okay, you guys have a safe trip. Be careful. Okay, we'll do. Talk to you later. Okay, bye bye. Bye.